All through my 20s, I had the same reoccurring dream. In this dream, I was standing in the middle of the quad, which if you don't know what the quad is, it's usually a large grassy knoll in the middle of the college campus. And in this particular dream, it was at my alma mater, Oregon State. And I was standing in the middle of the quad with all this grass and it was usually sort of a sunny day. And while I was standing in the quad, somehow I realized in these dreams that several months prior to that, I had signed up or registered for a class. And when I had signed up, something had happened where I didn't mean to sign up. And it dawned on me when I was in the middle of the quad that I had registered for this class. And now it was the week before finals and I had suddenly remembered that I was on the hook for this class and yet I had been to none of the instruction or read any of the books. And the scenario was always the same, that I would have one week to get caught up on all of the material and to prepare for the final and I would basically in this scenario in my dream have to ace the final to pass the class. So this was the dream that I had on repeat all through my 20s. And what this points to is that all through high school and college I had this sort of ongoing fixation with doing really well academically. That my grades were really important to me in both high school and college. And it really at the root points to a fear that I have of looking a certain way. That I am, it's really important to me that I look capable and competent. And grades and academics were one way that that played out when I was in my 20s. Well, I'm happy to report that I no longer have this dream now that I'm in my 40s, but I certainly have other anxieties that have carried forward as I get older. Well, I've realized for me that when I am anxious, it shows up for me in kind of two distinct places. The first place that I have kind of a cue that I'm dealing with some sort of anxiety is it shows up in my body. So for me, what that means is that I get headaches, that my jaw hurts, that I grind my teeth, um, that maybe I'm holding my shoulders really tight and my neck and my back hurt. And if I'm really dealing with a lot of anxiety or stress, I start to feel it in my gut and um, in other parts of my body as well. And the second place where it tends to show up for me is in the middle of the night or as I'm falling asleep. And I start to sort of ruminate on all of these situations in my life and things that I could have done differently or things that I can do to mitigate um, worry or stress or anxiety. And I think part of the reason why these things tend to show up for me personally in my body or late at night is because I'm sometimes just not very aware of them. That Sometimes I'm so busy in life um, just kind of getting through things or focusing on other things that I'm not really paying attention to my anxiety and it's kind of coming out in other places. Well, um, as we talk about anxiety today or worry, I just wanted to just sort of go through a short list of some of the things that I have paid attention to this last week of things that I have been anxious about. So I'm no longer anxious about my academics or my school, mostly because I'm not a student, <laughs> but I have plenty of other things that I have been stressing about. So um, in a nutshell, I thought I would just share a few of those. Well, at the top of my list is health concerns. I am a little bit of a hypochondriac. And so if anything goes wrong in my physical body, um, I have a little bit of a freak out and it's easy for me to go the worst places. Um, the second thing that has brought me anxiety this week is just managing my family schedule. <laughs> that um, I have two older kids, we have a lot going on. 
Um, the third thing is just issues with family, trying to navigate things in our extended family and situations that are outside of our control. Um, the fourth thing is just concerns that I have with people that I love. I have family and friends that are going through tough situations. And so, um, yeah, sometimes I am tempted to worry or stress over some of those dynamics. And lastly, just the nitty gritty of parenting, that we all have issues um, in parenting that we need to work through. And that's something that has definitely brought me worry this week. So just keeping it real, those are some of the things that I've struggled with this past week or two as I prepared to speak about worry. Well, I know that I am far from alone in my struggles with anxiety or worry. And I know that the vast majority of people struggle with that, that it is definitely a fact of history. And some of us maybe are on one extreme where we actually have a medical diagnosis um, related to anxiety and we've tapped into medical care or counseling to help us with that. Um, I have been in phases of my life where I have used both of those resources and that's been really good for me. Um, others of us maybe wouldn't describe ourselves as anxious people, um, but we certainly have stressors or things that some kind of sometimes concern us. And I think probably most of us are kind of in the middle of that, of that spectrum. Well, regardless of where you are, whether you're way over here or way over here or somewhere in the middle, um, I think that Jesus has included this piece on worry or anxiety in the Sermon on the Mount because he knows that it's a significant part of the human experience. So last week in our series on the Jesus way from the Sermon on the Mount, Pastor Michael talked about treasure and treasuring things or treasuring the kingdom. And today, as we talk about worry and anxiety, um, it's related to treasuring or being treasured. And really, we're talking about God treasuring us. So as we move into talking about worry, um, Merriam-Webster defines worry as a state of anxiety, of uncertainty over actual or potential problems. And today, as I speak, I'm going to kind of use the words worry and anxiety interchangeably based on this definition. So this summer, I have been reading a book um, on, on anxiety. It's a book called The Anxiety Opportunity. It's by a theologian named Curtis Chang. And I have found much of Curtis's work really helpful, and I have found this book to be really helpful this summer in particular. Um, we are living in a really anxious time. Um, a large percentage of Americans are struggling with mental health issues, and specifically anxiety and depression. And I think that Curtis really has a prophetic word for our culture um, as we think about anxiety. So as we, as we move into the, the text today, a little bit of cultural context. So this teaching of Jesus takes, takes place in a time where the majority of the people who are listening would have been in an agricultural context. They mostly lived in rural areas and small towns. Um, most of the people would have been far more tied to the land and the animals and the weather um, for their livelihood than we are right now in this context. And I think that they had real legitimate worries about their food and their shelter and their clothing that um, they really were living day to day, more so than maybe we experience here today. So join with me now in reading um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? 
And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not so much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Well, as we consider this as part of the Jesus way, the thing that I want you to consider first and foremost about this teaching from Jesus is that it's entirely focused on the Heavenly Father. That we might be tempted to think of it as being focused on humans or on our worries, um, but really what I see as the central character in this text is the Heavenly Father. And what Jesus is repeating over and over again is that our Heavenly Father knows us and cares about us that he is the one that provides for us and he is the one that, that loves us deeply. And that is the place that we can consider worry, um, specifically worry about material possessions. Well, Jesus is giving us in this passage a strong invitation to stay present, to stay present with him specifically. And I love this quote from Curtis Chang, the author of the book that I just mentioned. He says this about worry. He says, worry abducts us from the present, and it carries us into future imagined scenarios. And isn't that the truth? That when we are stuck in worry, that we are like abducted from a moment in time, and we are often fixated on something in the future um, that could go wrong or might go wrong, and it distracts us from what is right in front of us. Certainly I have seen this over and over again with parenting. Well, we know that this passage of scripture about food and clothing and drink, um, that it is really relevant to a lot of people in the world, if not most of the people in the world. Um, but the reality is, is that if you're a bit like me and that you have a closet that's really full of clothes, in my case, too many, too many clothes, um, and that you have a pantry or a refrigerator full of food, and just take for a moment and acknowledge that there's a lot of people in the world that are not living that reality, um, but for most of us here in Gig Harbor and the surrounding areas, most of us um, are doing pretty well with those types of things. But that doesn't mean that this passage isn't relevant to us. The reality is, is that we are struggling with severe anxiety um, in our world today. In fact, I just listened to a study the other day. Somebody quoted that a third of teenage girls right now are struggling with diagnosable generalized anxiety disorder. Um, and so that's just a real statistic. And most of us are on some sort of spectrum with that. Some of us have that diagnosis, but most of us have some level of stress. A lot of that has to do with the constant media that we are throwing, that's getting thrown at us all day long. Um, but there's other things at play as well. Well, I think that this passage, as it talks about worry and anxiety, it really has a timeless truth to speak to us in our culture today. So you might not be worried about your basic necessities, or maybe some of you are, um, but here's a few things that you might be worried about if you're like me. Um, the first thing is health anxiety, right? As I shared about, that's one of my struggles. And really any kind of anxiety represents a fear that we have of a future loss. Okay, so when we have an anxiety, it's fear of a future loss. Sometimes those future losses are 
potential, maybe they're likely, maybe they're not likely. There's kind of a spectrum. But when we have, like, for example, health anxiety, we have a fear of a future loss of our health or maybe us being able to do something, maybe us being present with the people that we love. And that can be a real concern. We might have financial anxiety. We might have a future loss or, or worry about a future loss of money. Maybe that has to do with comfort. Maybe that has to do with the security of providing for those that we love. We might have interpersonal anxiety. We might have a, a fear of a future loss of a relationship or maybe just those that we love being successful in life. And lastly, um, kind of like I shared in the opening about me being nervous about looking capable or competent in my academics, we might have a performance anxiety where we have a future loss of, be of being afraid of being seen as capable or confident or successful. So how does Jesus invite us to work through some of these anxieties that we have, these places where we look into the future and we see a potential loss, real or imagined, and it, it keeps us from being present with him and present with the task that he has for us. So what could that look like for us to stay in the present? Well, the first thing that I noticed um, is that Jesus gives us an invitation to be present in terms of the creation, the nat nature, things that he has provided in the natural world. That just as Jesus is talking about God providing for the birds and for the flowers, that he is giving us an invitation that when we are in nature, that we can spend time um, looking at nature and just reflecting on God's goodness and his character. So that is one, one small way that we can stay present is by taking time to be in God's natural world. Um, the second thing that came to me was related to this, this statement from Jesus. He says, um, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And so when I first read this, it seemed to me like a rebuke. Like, you have little faith. <laughs> like, Jesus was kind of like getting on them. And certainly sometimes Jesus calls us out, right? Like, that's a, a pretty significant part of his teaching. But what I see in the context of this scripture is that he isn't so much calling us out in some sort of guilt-tripping way as much as it is a, a bending us towards trusting, um, trusting, trusting in God's care. And so really when you get down to it, the word faith is trust that it's not so much an intellectual, yes, Lord, but it's deep within our being, us submitting to God and trusting him. And so it's faith is us having confidence in our heavenly father's ability to care for us and his willingness to do it. So as we sort of move from talking about um, faith and as we've talked about being in nature, um, I think the other thing that is important for us is to realize is that we talk about fear and anxiety um, and not trusting God and not having faith, that there tends to be some ways that maybe we don't really address those issues, <laughs> that we know that we're not supposed to be anxious or not worry. I mean, Jesus tells us this directly, right? But especially in our American culture, we tend to just sort of stuff those things down and not really address them. And so I thought I would just spend a few minutes just going through some things um, that maybe are unhealthy coping mechanisms that we are part of. Um, certainly I can identify with some of these because I think a really big part of us trusting Jesus is also working through um, what, are, what are the coping mechanisms that we've developed in terms of worry or anxiety. Well, so some, some of the things that I came up with is that um, perhaps we cope with anxiety um, by avoiding hard conversations. That we have hard conversations that we need to have maybe at work or home or with family 
and we just choose not to do, do them. Um, sometimes we cope with anxiety by numbing ourselves. So maybe that means that we spend too much time on social media, too much time watching television, too much time consuming news. All of those things tend to ratchet up our anxiety versus help with it. Um, maybe we cope by shopping or spending money on various things or managing our money. Maybe we, we cope by working too much or just making our lives so busy that we don't have the energy or the time to think about what our anxieties are. Uh, maybe we have addictions, addictions to alcohol, to drugs, to pornography, to food, um, anything to kind of numb us and keep us from having to think about what are we really anxious about and bringing that to Jesus. Or maybe you're like me and you tend to ruminate. <laughs> maybe it's late at night, maybe it's all the time, um, but you play things over and over again in your head, um, trying to kind of fix them or get around them versus placing them at the feet of Jesus. And lastly, maybe you deal with anxiety by trying to control yourself, control other people, or just badgering them um, to try to get your way. So we all have our stresses, our hangups, our bad habits, we all have our ways. Um, but the good news as we look at worry and anxiety and the bad habits that we have related to those is that um, Jesus identifies with us. That it says in the book of Hebrews that we have a savior who knows what, it's, what it is to be human. And as we come to Jesus and we're present with our Heavenly Father, that, that He can understand where we're coming from and He knows how to help us. And so I just want to take a moment and just, just remember that. That worry is not something that we conquer alone. Um, that it is something that, that we only can conquer by being present with Jesus. That He is the one who has died for us, has risen again, He has given us the Holy Spirit, and He has given us the community, the church, to help us work through these things. We are not alone. Well, I wanted to end today with a couple of practices that can help us as we think about what does it mean for us to not worry, but to move into the present, to truly seek the kingdom of God. Well, the first thing is an invitation to pray. Okay, and it's a specific invitation that I think, I think we are called to pray in many ways. And certainly the first thing that comes to mind for most Christians is asking for things. Um, but what I want to encourage us to think about today in terms of anxiety um, and worry is a special kind of prayer. Um, Richard Foster um, is a spiritual director and he's written a well-known historical book on prayer. It's called Prayer. <laughs> and he talks about the prayer of relinquishment. Okay, So basically that means just to hand something over to God if you, you're giving it to God. And this is what Richard Foster has to say about the prayer. He says, the prayer of relinquishment is a bona fide letting go. It's a release with hope. We are buoyed up by a confident trust in the character of God. Even when we see all the tangled threads on the backside of life's tapestry, we know that God is good and he is out to do us good always. It gives us hope to believe that we are the winners, regardless of what we are being called on to give over. God is inviting us to be deeper in and higher up. Okay, so that is the call as we consider worry and anxiety is to yield, to yield to God, to say, okay, God, I can see these things in the future that I'm stressed about, whether it be my health, whether it be my food, whether it be interpersonal things or work, um, that I come to you and I give them over to you and I yield to you and I trust my life with you. I trust that you care for me, that you are my heavenly father, and that you will provide for me. 
And so there's a lot of different ways that we can pray that prayer. Um, we, can, we can just get before God and pray it. We can write it out. We can go on a walk and talk to God about these things. Um, and the last resource around prayer that I'll share is that we can practice what's called a breath prayer. I know Pastor Michael has talked about this before. Um, and I was listening to my friend Patty Fisher speak recently, and she reminded me of it as well, that um, one really effective thing that you can do in a moment of anxiety is to breathe in and breathe out and say a breath prayer. So that could look like, Abba, you love me, or Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. There's lots of different ways. You can insert whatever is meaningful to you, but the focus is to breathe and to insert the truth about God and how much he cares for you in that breath. And the last thing that I'm going to mention today as just a practice that can help us with worry and anxiety and trusting in God um, and being present in his kingdom is to do something kind for somebody else. That sometimes when we are in that bad headspace um, and we're ruminating or we're just struggling with trusting God to care for us, um, it's a really good time for us to be generous, to be generous with our neighbor or with somebody in our family or somebody at church, um, and just to trust that as we give, that God will give back to us. It's a way for us to kind of get out of our head, um, but also build the kingdom of God here on earth. Well, as we wrap up today, um, I have three questions for you. The first question is, what worries do you struggle with the most? Number two, what feared loss is at the root of those worries? So what are you afraid of? And the third thing is, how can you be present with your heavenly father that cares for you? Hi, thanks for watching. The people of Harbor Covenant Church really want you to know the love that God has for you, want to grow with you in faith, and want to serve alongside you, not only to help others do the same, but also to make our families and our communities better. If that sounds like something that you can get on board with, then like, follow, and drop us a comment in the video. Watch some more videos on our channel or come visit us on Sunday. You can find out more about Harbor Covenant Church at harborcove.church.